Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, welcome to Full Count Chaos, a podcast about the Orioles. Always love hearing from you, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. Of course, I've been watching some shitty baseball this week against the Royals. I don't know what it is. When the Orioles play the Royals, it's like they're kryptonite. They just shit the bed all over the place. And I thought when I saw them going into Kansas City for four games, I'm like, all right, at least get three out of four. Keep the momentum going. But, of course, I didn't see the game Saturday. Again, been watching shit baseball last couple games. And the one game I miss, Adley goes three for four. Smoke weed every day. I went to a birthday party. My uh, friend's uh, daughter turning three. And usually when you say, hey, I got to go to a kid's birthday party, you go, oh, shit. Sorry to hear that. I actually had a good time. It was very relaxing. Hanging out. They have a, a, a wonderful setup with the birthday in the pool. And it was perfect weather. It was like 73, like no humidity, a little breeze. It's perfect. And I met the future Orioles star pitcher. <laughs> it's my buddy. His uh, son is six. I think he can throw 95. He throws a knuckleball. I think he threw a, a slider at one point. So I got his autograph, framed it. going to sell it in about 15 years when he becomes a major league pitcher. And going to make a ton of money and retire. So I said, hey, before I go sign this kid, he signed it with a crayon. So, you know, I don't think that'll hurt the value. But, yep, already got it framed, ready to sell. Now, at these gatherings, I try not to be rude. You know, I don't want to keep pulling out my phone. There's a lot of people I haven't seen in a while, and we were having some good conversations. But, again, trying to keep my eye on the game. And I saw it was three to nothing. Royals were winning. I just said, shit, unbelievable. And I think I said that out loud because everyone just stared at me like, what? Dude, there's kids around. What, what's the matter with you? But I, I didn't look at the uh, my, my phone for a while because I'm like, all right, they're going to shit the bed again. I'm not paying attention to this bullshit. But then again, I'm like, it's the Orioles. They just don't give up a lot. And they come from behind a lot this season. It's fun. And boom, six to four win. Everyone can eat shit. Adley going three for four. Of course, the one game I missed, <laughs> this guy gets three base hits. I saw that he stole home. I don't know how he made that play. It looks like... It looked like in the replay, the pitcher had the ball for like an hour and a half before he got home. Just a lazy tag. Saw my boy Richie Martin coming up, went one for four. He's fun to watch. Fast, good in the field, but he's just got to work on that bat. And then Tyler Wells held it down, man. Going six innings pitched. What, do you only give up three runs? Got four strikeouts. Held it down. And May 30th, that glorious win against Boston, 10 to nothing. Uh, that's when Tyler Wells pitched. He went six innings. Scoreless innings. The Orioles starters since then hadn't won a game or recorded a quality start. And today happened, and Wells did well. So that was fun to see, or at least the highlights. Uh, The Orioles at least getting one game. They play again Sunday, of course. Hopefully they tie the series. You don't want to go in Kansas City, lose three out of four, and they got to play Toronto. That would be interesting. But again, want to hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Again, Twitter at fullcountchaos. By the way, I appreciate it if you got involved in my Dippin' Dots poll. I know that was random. If you came across that, you're like, what the hell is this? It was Dippin' Dots versus uh, soft serve ice cream. Here's how it started. A friend of mine took his daughter. I think it was some like state fair. She's four years old. She wanted ice cream. He said, all right, no problem. He's walking all over the place. All he could find was Dippin' Dots. 
So he got her dipping Dots. He handed it to her. She looked at it, said, not on my watch, fat boy. This doesn't look like ice cream. And she basically said, I'm going to let everybody know in this state fair that I am very angry with you. And she threw a tantrum. She wanted nothing to do with that. And I was shocked. I said, I think my opinion, Dippin' Dots, is better than soft served. I'm a huge Dippin' Dots fan. I got introduced to Dippin' Dots, what, in M&T Bank Stadium football, uh, I think like 15 years ago. Didn't know what the hell it was. It was an accident. I thought it was just regular ice cream. I told the kid, whoa, I don't want any candy balls. Uh, I think I got the wrong thing. And he looked at me, and he's like, sir, this is this is ice cream. I had candy balls. What are you, t- <laughs> what are you talking about? So... Haven't gone back since. I said, all right, I'll give it a try. Loved it. Fell in love with Dippin' Dots. Apparently, I'm in the minority after looking at this poll. But I mentioned this to some other people I was around, talking about the story about my friend's kid not liking Dippin' Dots. And the argument, it got hot. Or it got heated. Not hot. Not like I want to take off my pants and make out with somebody. Like, heated. Like, up, like people were getting really aggressive. And I'm like, man, I didn't realize <laughs> this was such a, a debate. And... Seeing Dippin' Dots everywhere at M&T, Camden Yards, I thought, I, I mean, again, I didn't do research on Dippin' Dots. But I'm thinking, okay, this is a Maryland thing. And so I put a poll up, and it was like 147 votes. What was it? Only 11 votes for Dippin' Dots. It's like, what the hell? Like, soft serve knocked them out in the first round. I thought that was crazy. You got knocked the fuck out. Again, I'm a big Dippin' Dots fan. I guess people want nothing to do with it. They all love their soft serve ice cream. Off it went. So that's why I put that poll up. <laughs> Just was like, all right, you know what? Let me uh, see what's going on here. All right. So moving on from the Dippin' Dots drama. Love to hear from you if you're a fan of Dippin' Dots. Fuck it. Send me an email. Let's talk about some ice cream. Uh, yeah, there's somebody, uh, some people who posted on Twitter responding. Saying, what the hell? Like, why is everybody against Dippin' Dots? So. There are some Dippin' Dots fans out there. All right, moving on to more important things. So, obviously, the big drama happening with the Orioles isn't on the team. It has to do with the Angelos family. Now, of course, I'm sure you're aware already of, of what the hell's going on here. Lou Angelos suing brother John and mother Georgia for uh, equal share con- slash control of the team. He doesn't like how John is making all the decisions and daddy didn't want it that way. You know that look a few years ago, owners made a choice saying John would be the go-to guy to handle anything pertaining to the Orioles. So basically like if we need to sue you or the situation with the massing drama with that, we need to know who to reach out to. And they were like, all right, John, you're the guy, whatever, let's move on. And which was a good thing for fans that I thought, because remember throughout the years, John was the one saying this team will be around for the next 60 years. The Orioles belong in Baltimore. That's where they'll be, yada, yada, yada. So you're thinking, all right, that's very nice to hear. (laughs) I can calm down and stop taking Xanax every time I hear the word Tennessee. Well, Lou feels like the stepbrother who nobody gives a damn about his ideas. He is not happy that nobody is paying attention to him and he wants to be noticed. It's just not a good look. It's just a messy family dispute. And it's a damn shame it's gotten to this point where there's cheap shots getting thrown around. Temper tantrums being thrown. Lou throwing the word Tennessee out there out of spite. Knowing damn well that's going to get the fans all worked up. Thinking John has some evil plan to move this team to Tennessee. Now, most fans, in my opinion, couldn't care less 
about their bullshit drama arguing over an amount of money we'll never see in our lifetime, ever. We just want to know the important question. We want to know if this fucking team will be staying in Baltimore. And that's a rough conversation to have. I mean, nobody knows what truly is going to happen unless there's some inside guy or girl who is sitting in on the meeting and they come out and they put out a tweet and they say, well, folks, here's what's going to happen. Other than that, just speculating what we think will go down. I know people are saying, well, hey, don't forget there's plans that they want to do at the stadium. They want to do some upgrades and do this and do that. All right. Well, still, we don't know. It still makes us a little nervous, especially with Lewis (laughs) throwing out Tennessee. So we're just going to have to continue to keep an eye on that and see what happens. Like I said, the other bullshit drama that they're suing each other over, I couldn't care less. I just want to make sure that the Orioles stay put. Now, of course, if they're too much of a dysfunctional family to make the right moves with this team and own this team, sell the team. Other than that, we can all just keep an eye on this and wait to see what happens. Nothing any of us can do. I saw a lot of people tweeting to Elon Musk. Hey, interested in buying a baseball team? So fans are, of course, on edge. We don't want to see our Orioles go. Now, speaking of other things that cause us to be on edge, Grayson Rodriguez, of course, the update, grade two strain, normally takes about three, two to three months to heal. The conversation is, well, how long? How long is this going to take? I mean, you walk by another Orioles fan and just say, how long do you think? They probably know what you're talking about. Now, if their answer is about eight inches with a smile and a wink, Well, they're not thinking about baseball and just continue to move on. But the grade two strain uh, better than uh, elbow injury. I guess, you know, looking at the glass half full. Elias doesn't seem like the kind of guy who likes to fart around with injuries on a top prospect like Grayson. No need to rush him. I don't think he's going to bring him back just because the fans are bored and they want to see him come back. And hey, we want to be entertained. I know he's not 100%, but throw him in there because we want to be entertained. Now, the only reason we might see him before the season ends, if he is 100%, is just to get the juices flowing for next year. You know, maybe one start before next season. But it just sucks regardless of whether we're going to see him at the end of the season or next year. It sucks. Like I said, now that Adley's up, he's doing well. Did three for four on Saturday. But that high has moved on. It's dwindled down. The high has worn off. The next buzz we want is to see Grayson. We just want to keep seeing him come up. We're looking for our next hit. The Orioles needed him so badly. You know, that's also what's frustrating. Of course, we want to see Grayson. Because he's obviously going to put on a show for us and continue to entertain us. But the Orioles truly needed a guy like Grayson to come up in the rotation. Before Tyler Wells had a good outing on Saturday, the Orioles went nine consecutive games without a quality start. That's what I called bullshit. And I saw a post from Connor Newcomb. He, uh, what did he post? He said, April, the ERA 4.08, May 5.45, and in June, 7.34. So by September, the ERA is going to be up at about 16. (laughs) I'm doing the math right. This is not good. Obviously, I don't think I'm doing the math right. I I never 
assume that I'm doing the math right. Not good with math. So we'll just see. I hate. I feel like I say that all the time. Well, we'll just see. We'll just keep an eye on whether or not the team's going to leave Baltimore. We'll just see whether or not Grayson's going to come up and play this year. Ugh. So here's what I'm going to do. Talking about uh, the Angelos drama, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, the Orioles had a couple bad losses with Kansas City. Let's talk some happy moments. Let, let's get to the happy moments with the Orioles. But before we all sit around and sing Kumbaya, I just want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Now, Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social media. You can go to sportsdrink.org or open up Instagram and type Sports Drink. You spell the word without the vowel, so S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right, I think it's that time to talk some happy moments about the Orioles. Now, if I wind up missing any uplifting weekly moments or stats, hit me up, remind me, let me know something I missed. I want to start with the prospects that came up. Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg came up to triple A. Now, Baseball America, this is what they said about Henderson. It's like with the way Henderson has performed, there's a realistic case to be made. He is the best player in the minor leagues. Get the hell out of here. That is what you want to hear when you're waiting for a prospect to come up to the majors. Baseball America, who definitely has their shit together, Saying the words, best player in the minor leagues. <laughs> and I think we all knew that anyway. Guys, Henderson's got his shit together. Comes up to Norfolk. And his first night, he basically lets everyone know he belongs here. He's like, all right, give me a bat. Give me a glove. That's all I need. Let's go. Time to put on a show. And that's what he did. Two hits, on base three times, and homered one of his two hits. Now, this season, he's hitting 317 average. OPS, nine home runs. And he was the Orioles player of the month of May with 333 average, four home runs, and a 1079 OPS with 16 RBIs. Now, Jordan Westberg, he's like, hey, don't forget about me. His first game at AAA, two for five, a double and an RBI. His second game, three for four, double home run, three RBIs. His last 12 at-bats, he's batting a 500 average with a 1-4 1.455 OPS. Now you may be thinking, oh, come on, Nate. That's just his last couple games. Anyone could be hitting 500. All right, well, let's do his last 22 at bats. He's batting 330 average with a 954 OPS. Is that good? Is that okay? So continue to keep an eye on those guys. Uh, Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson. You know, trying to, we're just trying to get any distraction right now from the grace and drama. So when I'm reading about these guys and looking at their stats and highlights, definitely getting that high again. Now, the guys over on The Verge is who I usually count on a lot to keep me updated with what's happening down on the farm. Bob Phelan from uh, The Verge came on the show. When was that? It was last year, right? Right before we were wrapping up the season. Where was it this year? Oh, my God. Get your shit together, Nate. But I always count on those guys to keep me up to speed with a lot of the good shit that's happening down there. But, yeah, that, that gets the juices flowing. Seeing those guys in AAA just tearing it up. 
Some other happy moments. Uh, Chris Owens <laughs> was DFA'd this week. I can put that in the category of happy moment. 68 plate appearances, batting a 107 average, 254 OBP, and a 143 slugging while striking out 24 times. That's not going to get you paid in the majors with the big boys. That's called a major league shit in the bed. Now, of course, the Orioles grabbed him up because he's a quote-unquote utility player. I think that is so overrated, being a utility player. I don't know. Are you athletic? Can you play ball? Do you have a glove? Can you bat? All right. You'll be our utility player. But Chris Owens was not the guy. Now, some people were wishing him well on Twitter and reminding fans he's a human being and we should all be kind to him. Now, that's very sweet, but I don't feel bad at all saying shit on Twitter like, thank God he's gone. Don't want to see him on the Orioles ever again. All right? It's baseball. It's a sport. We're fans. We're upset. We can say what we want. You know, but don't tweet at him, tell him he's garbage and get the hell out of here and go fuck off and stuff like that. You know, just whatever. Now, people say, well, Nate, I mean, when you're talking bad about him, just because you don't add him, he's still going to see it. I understand that. But it's a little more aggressive when you send the tweet directly at him. And again, I don't feel bad for saying, thank goodness he's off the team. He's terrible. I'm just stating facts. I'm not getting personal with him and talking shit about his family or something like that. So I think that's kind. Some people going, hey, hey, come on, guys. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's probably a good guy. He's doing his best. Don't care. Happy he's gone. I wish him well. I don't want any harm to happen to him. But get the hell off the Orioles. Fast. Now. And that's exactly what happened. Now, most of us are pretty aware of these. Some of these players on the Orioles wouldn't be playing on a competitive team at all. You know, guys like Owens, they're going to trickle through the organization during times like these. Though it would be funny seeing him next year batting fifth for the Yankees or like the Rays batting 285, eight home runs, and it's only the end of April. It's like, what the hell happened? But if that happened, I wouldn't say, oh, that piece of shit, he doesn't deserve this success. No. All right, whatever. Good for him. He's moved on. He's doing well. Happy for him. Uh, How about Jorge Mateo? Huh? Orioles shortstop. His tie with Pirates third baseman, I saw this. Um, Third baseman for the Pirates, Hayes, of course. The major league lead in defensive runs saved with 11 apiece per Sports Info Solutions. I mean, he just puts on a highlight every time. Now, sometimes the highlight that Jorge puts on, you're like, dude, you should have just got in front of the ball, scooped it up and thrown it. Some of them, it's like, all right, did you need to do that? (laughs) But hey, he gets the out. We're having fun watching him. Uh, I feel he should bunt every damn at bat. And the guy is so freaking fast. And he's struggling a little bit with the bat. Sometimes he need a good bunt to get the juices flowing. Because right now he's batting at 205. He's got the four home runs and 14 stolen bases. So, dude, just get on base somehow. He's like a Richie Martin. It's like, dude, just, just get on base and then let the fireworks fly. So Jorge Mateo, hey, that's a happy moment, seeing him do well. Also a happy moment is um, <laughs> this week, received a tweet from my grandmother. She learned how to tweet, and then she got real excited. She learned how to do emojis. So she's having a great old time. But she sent a text uh, talking about Odor. She says, 
He seems like a really fun guy to be around. I really like him. <laughs> now, of course, I really enjoy Odor's personality as well. He's he's the kind of guy that if he showed up at a party, he goes, hey, Odor's here. And everyone say, yay. And we'd all just, the party would start and the music would get louder. He, he's always walking in front of the dugout. He's always the first at the top of the step when someone hits a home run. When there's a play, a big play happening, he's pacing back and forth in front of the dugout on the grass. I mean, he's a fun guy. He's making big plays in the field. Yeah, I get it. He's batting 212 right now, the 670 OPS, but his last 51 at bats, 196, 451 slugging, which is pretty good with the slugging. And I think him hitting home runs is the reason for the 451 because, you know, it's either home run or bust when no door hits, which when he hits that home run, I'm perfectly fine with whatever he does from there on out. Always remembering he's the one that laid out Jose Bautista. He will be always in my top five favorite guys in baseball, not just with the Orioles, in all of baseball. I watched that clip probably a couple times a month. I'm just sitting there not doing much. Hey, I'd like to see Bautista get his fucking jaw knocked out. So I rewatch it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and since then, you don't see anyone messing with Odor. You don't see anyone trying to throw at him. You just don't. Because nobody wants a piece of that. Because normally, when a fight breaks out in baseball, you see it all the time. The players wait for everyone to get in the middle of them. And then all of a sudden, they start cussing and trying to get at them. It's the same routine every time. Odor, he's not waiting for any teammates. He'll bust you right in the lip. And ball players see that, and they're like, all right, all right. It's all good over here. It's all good. It's all good. One more happy moment, of course, not going to leave him out. Heston Kirstead, hallelujah, the kid is back playing baseball, and we're here to watch it. In his first plate appearance, he drives in a run. Last night, went two for three with a double, a walk, and a run scored. He's playing in right field. He's putting on highlights, making a diving catch in right field. The kid is picking up right where he left off, and he'll be here in no time. Very excited to see him playing. That is an absolute number one happy moment to finally see Kirstead getting back on the horse, riding that bad boy, and he looks like he's having fun already. So thank God for that. Literally, thank God for that. All right, I want to switch back to the glass half empty. Sorry for this. Just some concerns. Uh, Here's a concern. The Orioles are 25 and 35. (laughs) That's a concern. I guess we can start with that. You know, oh, Nate, well, come on, man. Of course they're not going to have a winning record. I don't care. I expect the Orioles to always have a winning record. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman. Ugh. Friday, pitched four and two-thirds innings, 10 hits, seven runs all earned. The concern is this guy might be tipping pitches off or something. I mean, I know his changeup is weak right now, just going right over the middle of the plate, belt high, boom, just giving up runs. And Cedric Mullins made a hell of a play, robbing a home run that would have been a back-to-back home run day for Zimmerman. He gave up a career-high seven runs and just, again, it's a major league shit in the bed. Through his first 18 pitches, he gave up four extra base hits, three runs, and only recorded just one out. Again, after 18 pitches, his ERA, of course, climbed up to 531. Stop shitting the bed, Bruce. Figure it out. Do something. All right, figure it out. Do so. I don't know what the other option is, but just figure it out. If he can't use his changeup, like I was just saying, effectively, he's a complete mess. 
So that is a huge concern. And Bruce was doing well in the beginning of the season. We were all like, yay, we're happy for the local kid. Look how well he's doing. I mean, remember, he started the season by pitching 14 scoreless innings. And you know why? Because his changeup was working. That changeup was a filthy pitch, and I, I don't know what's going on with that now. I mean, I'm aware Zimmerman's trying something new here with uh, dropping his hands, to, uh, turning the glove inward, hoping to hide the ball a little bit better. So that's something him and Holt are trying to work on. And then I trust Holt. I think he's a damn good pitching coach. So I'm sure I trust Holt and Zimmerman that they'll get this figured out one way or another, hopefully. But Holt does say, because I know a lot of people are like, man, if it's not broken, don't. why are you trying to fix it? But Holt says the placement of the hands is actually working with the delivery itself. He says the byproduct of that is potentially being proactive on eliminating something there with tipped pitches. He says we're trying to kill two birds with one stone. So Holt, I trust him. Zimmerman, get your shit together, please. Now, I did see something interesting in a, uh, the Baltimore Sun, an article about Zimmerman. I just want to read real quick that I think is interesting. Again, talking about his changeup. It says, in his previous four appearances entering Friday, he managed four whiffs on 54 swings against his changeup. He only threw his changeup four times after the first inning Friday. And the Royals, they didn't miss any of their four swings against it. Now, Zimmerman said the reduced usage of the changeup is because the teams know what to expect. But he's also been leaving it up in the zone more frequently by mistake. So again, when you have a pitch that you count on to get batters out, and that's your out pitch, whatever you want to call it, and it ain't working, it ain't going to be good. You got to get back to that. Although there's no excuse, your other pitches should still be able to get some batters out. But it's just concerning. Keep an eye on Zimmerman. Another concerning thing. Now, Cedric Mullins, look, you know, every time we say, hey, uh, you know, what's going on with him? He starts a game off with a home run. He hits a double. You know, he has little flashes of going, okay, he's working on it. He's going to come back. But it's still a little concerning because of his prior history before the big season he had in 2021. So it's not like he's had, you know, four seasons in a row of just fantastic ball. And we're like, all right, he's just trying to figure something out. Yeah, that was one season in 2021 that he, that was, of course, just top of the line ball. But now you can't really sit here and say, oh, this isn't like him. It's concerning. His arm is also concerning. I just, that bothers me so much. Anytime there's a guy on second and it's a ground ball up the middle and, and Cedric tries to throw the guy out at home, it, uh, having a center fielder that just doesn't have an arm is not fun to watch. But with uh, offense, last seven games, he's batting 167 with a 375 slugging. That's concerning, but we can just hope Cedric's going to get his shit together. Figure it out like everybody else does. Now, I know him and Chris Owens have been working together in the batting kit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Definitely kidding. But Saturday, Cedric won for four. Hit an RBI with that hit. So every now and then, we see some flashes of Cedric getting his shit together. And we're going to continue to root for him because, hey, he's our guy. Regardless whether he's clocked 62 miles per hour throwing from center field to home we're going to still try to uh, continue to root for Cedric Mullins. Let's take a look at the standings in the league, see what's happening out there. 
Of course, the Yankees, 43 and 16, first place in the division. The only team behind them that's threatening, eight and a half out. Toronto Blue Jays, they jumped above the Rays, nine games out. Then you got Red Sox, 12 and a half. And then the Orioles were only 18 and a half away. We just need a good five to 10 game winning streak and hope the other teams lose. Uh, AL Central, you got the Twins on top, Cleveland Guardians, four back. Of course, you got the Royals, 20 and 38. 13 and a half back. And then you got the uh, Astros. And then with the Angels, holy cow. What the fuck happened to the Angels? What was it? A 14 game losing streak? They finally went against the Mets, 11 to 6. But man, that's, uh, that's rough baseball. But as Orioles fans, <laughs> we can say, hey, we've been there. We know the pain. But I got to say, look at the wild card. Come on, you know, hey, Nate, calm down, calm down. No, I'm not going to calm down because the Orioles are only six games out of the wild card. You got Toronto, Tampa, and Boston there right now. If the playoffs started, every team but one, of course, would be in the playoffs of the uh, East. It's ridiculous. Now you see what kind of pains the Orioles are going through and how hard it is for the Orioles to continue to try to be competitive with these fucking monsters. But they're going to do it. And they're going to be at the top of the standings before you know it. But only six games out. All we got to do, we got to jump above the Mariners, then the Rangers, White Sox, Angels, and Guardians. Easy peasy. Nothing to it. <laughs> uh, who do they got in the uh, National League here? I don't know if you give a shit about them. The Mets, they're in first place. Good for them. Five and a half back Atlanta Braves and in the uh, Central. Cardinals, you got the Brewers one and a half. I thought the Brewers were going to be like 10 games up by now. I know the Cardinals are, they're nothing to... Uh, you know, talk shit about, but I just thought the Brewers were going to tear it up this year. And then, of course, the Dodgers and the Padres are only half game back with the Giants four and a half, and then the Diamondbacks, 10 games out, Rockies 11 and a half if you gave a shit. So, anyway, always love hearing from you guys. A lot to go over today, a lot to soak in. You know, we just, uh, anyone who brings up Tennessee or Angelos, we try to just clog our ears up and look the other way. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Got some good guests coming up in the next couple weeks. Also, if you want to be a part of winning those tickets, it's August. I don't have a date yet, but there are two tickets down low. If you want them, pull a name out of a hat. Just let me know if you want to be part of that uh, name pulling. I'm not going to have you think of a, a trivia answer or anything like that. If you want them, email in. Everybody who wants them, I'll pull the name out. There's the winner like I did last year. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See-